the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. One of the key tools that the enemy is using in my life and in your life too is called distraction. Distraction is the tool of the enemy that draws us away from walking in a yielded dependence on the life of Christ to concerning ourselves with entertaining and providing for and protecting our flesh. All it takes is for the enemy to draw our focus away from the posture of worship and dependence to our needs, to our weaknesses, to our desires, to our pain, to our pleasures, and our devotion moves from living to the truth to living the same empty, self-centered lives that the lost man lives in. Now that's the truth of how we choose This section of scripture that we're going to talk about tonight is very straightforward. It's very brief. It doesn't require a lot of explanation. So we may not be here long, but you need to understand, as I've said many times, only one word from the Spirit is necessary to bring revelation. You came here to hear Him. And you know what? When it comes to scripture, it's never about the quantity or even the perception of relevance. It's about the nurture of the Spirit. So let's begin with verse 35. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35. Now I say this for your own benefit, not to restrict you, but to promote what is appropriate and secure undistracted devotion to the Lord. Now Paul is referencing all that has been written concerning relationships prior to this verse, and everything that he's going to write after this verse. But he's also declaring the intention behind the advice that he's given here. The benefit that Paul is referring to is living in the fullness and freedom of our lives in Christ. There is a way, as you've heard said, there's a way and there is not the way. Living to the flesh, living to the desires of the flesh is not the way. Again, I will remind you that all that is, is living apart from the truth of your life in Christ. It's living in the perception that the flesh is your principal being. It doesn't have to be wicked. It doesn't have to be overtly sinful. 
It can be religious. It can be charitable. It can be good. It can be sensitive. It can be all of those things, but it is still flesh. Remember, there are two sides of the tree. The knowledge of what? Good and evil. Flesh comes from both sides. Flesh eats from both sides. So it's not appropriate for the child of God to live the same way the world does, to live to the appetites, the pleasures and weaknesses that the world lives to. So what is appropriate for the child of God? What is the way for us? To live lives of undistracted devotion. That's what Paul purposes for us. That's what God purposes for us, to live lives of undistracted devotion as a child of God. That's a natural way. That is natural to who we are. We think it's contrary because our flesh doesn't like it. The flesh prefers to be distracted. We're constantly looking for something to distract ourselves with. But in reality, the Spirit of God himself created us with a singular focus. A singular focus. Devotion is defined as a profound dedication, a consecration, which means totally given to something. It could also be defined as an obsession. With our minds and with our behaviors and priorities, we discount the truth of this. But I'm going to tell you that though it may seem simplistic to you, it is critical in the way you live life. It is critical to your understanding of how we live the Christian life. Now, as a pastor, I listen to people's hurts and pains and In counseling, people will come and we'll start with what we call the presenting problem. And the problem is always unique to them. It doesn't mean that the problem is unique. It means that this unique child of God is going through the problem. So it's uniquely affecting their lives. So I can tell you that divorce is never the same for any one person. Yeah, it has some similar symptoms and problems and effects. But it's never the same. Nothing is the same. It is not the same for you in sin. It's not the same for you in revelation. It is not the same for you in life. Why is that? Well, for the same reason that God calls us the body of Christ, uniquely set out as part of the body, each one of us uniquely different. There is a complexion, there is a complexity about each one of you. Now, a friend of mine used to use the illustration. He said, if I, if I took a ball of clay and I started in a room of a thousand people and I passed it and asked them to each to pass it to the next and each one would put some kind of mark on that clay. Some may try to make a square out of it. Others may pinch it. Some may p- press their nails in it. Others may write their name in it. But by the time we got to the end of those thousand people, if I were to collect it, could anybody in the room duplicate what I have in my hand? Could they? Absolutely not. It would be totally unique. There are a lot of things that have gone into the construction of that uniqueness. In your life, there is a complexity and a uniqueness to you. You've had the marks of relatives, circumstance, behavior, mistakes, 
The enemy has been there. God has been there. There are so many things that God has allowed in your life that has shaped you uniquely. That is why one verse will have one effect on you, but yet when you get excited about it and share it with somebody else, they just stare at you. I know that's never happened to y'all. Happens to me every week. The reality of it is that we receive truth through the same source, but we receive it differently. And when we come to pain, when we come to difficulty and problems, as I said, when somebody comes in and begins to talk to me, they'll explain to me their issue, but their problem is very unique to them. But here's what's, what's neat. The answer is always the same. It's always the same. No matter how complex the problem is, the answer is always the same. It's my job to move their focus from the problem to the person and presence of Christ. To affirm them in his love for them. To remind them of the relationship that they are in and God's purpose in the problem. And you might look at me and say, well, duh. But don't you see the simplicity of how we were created to live in undistracted devotion? You might discount that. But I can tell you that the effects of it is huge. They're huge. When you allow yourself to be distracted by the things of this world and the appetites of your flesh and by others, your devotion becomes split. It becomes compromised. Your focus upon the Lord becomes split. It becomes compromised. I've used the illustration many times. That when I want to tell my kids something, of course, they're getting older now. But if I went in to tell them something and they're in the middle of a movie, I don't just talk over the movie. Why? Because all they're interested in is waiting for me to shut up so they can get on with their movie. They're not really taking it in. Now, that's what you call distraction. Well, you know what? Let me tell you something. The, the Spirit of God is in you. Now, you may think he only speaks to you when you make an asserted effort to pray or read the Bible or come to church. But the Bible makes it pretty clear that there is an ongoing relationship whereby the Spirit of God is very verbal. He is constantly making impressions upon your soul. He is constantly interjecting. And many times you think it's just you that's reasoning through things. But the reality is that there is light being injected into your confusion or into your, your uh, distraction. And you know what? You may not give it the credibility it deserves because you're listening to too many things at once. That's the issue. Undistracted devotion. What Paul wants for them, what Paul is saying in that verse, is he's saying that I want to take from you all of this, this angst over every little decision, all of these decisions which really have no moral consequence in them. And, and I want you to quit believing that your relationship with God is dependent upon what you do. I want you to understand that your relationship with God is secured in Christ. And if you will live in the truth of your secure position, you won't be so distracted. 
You won't find yourself constantly trying to, to pull away, make something of yourself, make something of others, trying to control your circumstances, trying to, to put it all together for yourself. The simplicity of undistracted devotion and living in that is living in the affirmation of truth. And it's exhibited in many ways. The fruit of that might be prayer, worship, and the fellowship of believers. You know, I told somebody this the other day and they looked at me kind of shocked like it was something new. But do you really believe that apart from Christ you would ever have any desire to talk to God? Do you? Do you really believe that apart from Christ you would have any desire to worship God? To worship Him in truth? You see, some of these appetites that you attribute to your flesh is in reality the nature of the new creation doing exactly what it was created to do. You see, as a child of God, your desire to pray is the work of God. Your desire to worship, it's the work of God. Your desire to fellowship, it is the work of God. Now look at the things that run contrary to that and ask yourself, Are you distracted? Listen, I want to bring up another point. We struggle with trust and faith. That's usually why we're distracted. We don't trust God. We don't trust the decision and the circumstance. We don't trust where we're going, where life is leading us. We don't secure ourselves in faith. We're not believing. But the issue is not really whether or not you have enough trust or whether or not you have enough faith. I want you to get this. In Christ... In the new creation, trust and faith are never a problem. You see, you are who you are in Christ, whether you choose to believe it or not. God's desires towards you, His disposition towards you, His plan for you is a fact, whether you choose to believe it or not. Trust and faith is not the issue for you. It is the paradigm you've chosen to live in that is the issue for you. Because... For flesh, trust and faith is a problem. The flesh doesn't embrace faith. The flesh doesn't embrace trust. It only believes in itself and only to some degree. But the new creation, our faith is wrapped around the intimacy of our, of our union with Christ. It's wrapped around the person and character of God. The God who has never forsaken us. Never forsaken us. You know, there's many times that, that I get fearful. There are times that I, I, I begin to doubt, and that's a point of distraction for me, to look to my own security and be fearful. I get distracted. It doesn't change God's holding me. It doesn't change who He is to me. It doesn't change my relationship with Him. It changes the paradigm, the truth of where I'm living. I've fallen into living according to the flesh, And you know, what happens is I I read a verse or somebody will remind me of the faithfulness of God or maybe something laying around the house that that God gave me that I didn't expect. It'll remind me of the faithfulness of God. And all that is, is that's the Spirit of God going, hey, look, hey, look, look. Your God is faithful. God has declared his faithfulness to us, his assurance. He's given us his assurance that he holds us and keeps us. I love Hebrews thirteen five, 
And this is an assurance that he gives those who will live and walk according to the truth. It doesn't mean that if you, if you live in carnality, he's not going to do the things that he desires to do towards you. It means that you won't know it. It means that you won't live in it. It means that you won't have the peace that he desires you to have. You won't have the joy that he desires you to have. Hebrews 13, 5. God himself speaking, he says, For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you hopeless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. You think God is determined in this? Let me tell you something. Regardless of where your faith is, God says, I will not. I will not. To live in unbelief, to live in fear and doubt, is to live to something you're not. It is to live in the fear and insecurity of the flesh. The flesh walks in fear and pride, blind to the presence and the power of God. The flesh can't rest in the plan of God. Which is interesting, because God, in his, in his attempt to teach us the truth of our security in, in him, compares us to the branch and the vine. It's the illustration that he gives us to let us know that we can rest and the fullness of him will flow. We are branches that live from the life of the vine. Now, here's the thing. The flesh needs to know the plan. The flesh needs to be able to trust the plan. Faith is never assuring for the flesh, but the branch doesn't worry about the plan of the vine, does it? It rests in the life of the vine. It doesn't worry about the production of grapes or the quality or quantity of those grapes or the timing of the coming of the fruit. It doesn't doesn't need that fruit to affirm who he is or what it is because it's not becoming, it's being. The branch rests in undistracted devotion, recognizing that life is not what it creates, it's what it receives. So, okay, there's a whole lot more there in that one verse other than just the issue of relationship that Paul's dealing with. But I want you to understand what Paul brings them back to, what, what God brings them back to, to live in the truth. To live in the truth. Living in the truth is what makes relationships the blessing that God intended them to be. So let's look at verse 36, chapter 736. It says, But if any man thinks that he is not acting properly and honorably towards his virgin daughter, by not permitting her to marry, if she is past her youth, and it must be so, let him do as he wishes. He does not sin. Let her marry. Now, first, let's look at the context. Paul's been addressing the heretical doctrine of asceticism, which is self-denial in order to draw closer to God. In fact, uh, it's taken to extremes where people literally whip and beat themselves in order to, to draw closer to God. Asceticism is heretical. And there was some among them that were teaching that it's better to be single than married 
in order to devote the whole of oneself to the serving of the Lord. And that in doing so, they would be more pleasing to God, they would attain a greater spirituality. And this teaching was actually causing uh, people to abstain from marriage and some to even abandon their spouses, and we talked about that. But another issue had to do with the marriable virgins in the church. Those that were at the place where they were ready for marriage and in fact wanted marriage and in some cases were even betrothed in marriage. And, and these, these fathers had embraced this teaching and they said, no, we're going to withhold, we're going to withhold the marriage of our daughters. Fathers would deny engagements. They would withhold their daughters in order for them to attain a more spiritual life. Now, obviously, this was a hardship for the daughters, right? Because Scripture makes it clear that it is the few that are gifted to remain single. Gifted to remain single. The many should marry, and all the people should say amen, because that's how you got here. The many should be married. But in that day, fathers had absolute authority. Not so much anymore. Also, girls had an optimum window for marriage. So if they went by their sell-by date, they were less desirable in the minds of the shopping male, right? Now listen, Paul is not saying that the father is now to impose marriage on them. He's saying that if he allows them to marry, he does not sin. So he may act as God guides him. Verse 37 But the man who stands firmly committed in his heart, having no compulsion to yield to his daughter's request, and has authority over his own will, and has decided in his own heart to keep his own virgin daughter from being married, he will do well. A man stands according to his heart. Look at Paul's emphasis on conviction. It's not an impulsive decision. It's not an emotional decision. He is to stand firm in his conviction. Now, here's the truth of it. Paul's talking to believers. He's talking to Christian fathers. And these Christian fathers have been given a new heart that has been shaped by the love of God. And Paul is saying, you need to yield to your heart in this, not to your emotions, not to the teaching of a few. But you need to trust the Lord in this. The heart can be trusted, the flesh cannot. So be sure of your convictions and you will not sin. God is the shepherd and parenting is a matter of obedience for the parent, not a matter of logic or training. Did y'all hear that? Parenting is a matter of obedience, not a matter of logic and training. 1 Corinthians 7.38 So then both the father who gives his virgin in marriage does well, and he who does not give her in marriage does will do better. There's no command here. There is a call to trust the shepherd. Now, here's the thing. We want God to rule in absolute terms when we're seeking to make a decision. We want God to tell us exactly, write it on the wall, exactly what we're supposed to do. When we talk to him about that, when we pray and ask him about that, we get an answer, and the answer is this, choose, choose. Now, I don't want to hear that. 
I want God to tell me exactly what to do. Because I can't risk making a mistake. I can't risk being a failure. I can't risk making the wrong decision. But God says, choose. Here's the thing. If our heart is for him, if we're walking according to the spirit, we can choose with confidence knowing that God puts his desires in our heart. Now, I'm not talking about moral decisions. You know the, you know the answer to moral decision. It's pretty easy. Should I rob a bank? Oh, I don't know. Let me seek God on that one. You know the answer. But there are many, many questions that hit our lives that are simply choices. Now, God already knows what you're going to choose because he stands outside of time. And guess what? All things work together for good. And he's not waiting for you to choose so he can go and change everything. He's just wanting you to choose, but he's wanting you to choose in dependence upon the new creation, the heart that he's put in you. He wants you to choose according to the truth of your heart. God teaches us to walk that way. You know, I've often said that in rearing children, our job as parents is not to make all the decisions for our children, but to make the choices plain. But we are not, as parents responsible to make every decision. We are responsible to make sure that every, every decision is understood, that they know what the options are, that they know the truth. And that's really what we're talking about, the difference between truth and the lie, spiritual and temporal. You see, they have the same God in them that you have in you. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road, and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.